We've been talking about this sermon series, uh, Powerful Prayers That Are Waiting to Be Prayed. In week one, we talked about Moses' powerful prayer. Go with me. If your presence doesn't go, then don't send us. In week two, we talked about uh, the prayer that Elisha prayed for his servant. Open our eyes. And, and Elisha said, Lord, open your servant's eyes so that he can see that those that are for us are greater than those that are against us. And we learned some important things about prayer. And the, we learned that the power of prayer is not only in the one that's praying it, but it's mostly in the one that's hearing it. Who we're praying to, that's the importance of our prayer. The greatest failure of prayer is oftentimes simply our failure to pray. How many of you have ever heard the saying that talk is cheap? I'm sure most of us have heard that saying. Why is that? Why is it that talk is cheap? It's mostly because the supply always exceeds the demand. There's always more being said than what most people really want to hear. It's not a time for you to say amen and look at your spouse. Just keep, your, keep looking right ahead and just uh, we'll keep moving here. The, the fact is the average person spends a fifth of his or her life talking according to statistics, if you can believe that. Females talk a little bit more than males on, on gen, in general. If all of our words were put into print, the result would be this. A single day's words would fill a 50-page book. And in a year's time, the average person's words would fill 132 books full of 200 pages every year. So probably at least some of those would be words that we wish we could take back. Probably words spoken in anger. There's a surplus of talk, yet so often the voice that we need to hear the most is the voice that's the least heard. God's voice. And yes, we're talking about prayer and we're talking about hearing the voice of God. Today, I want to talk to you about a powerful prayer that Samuel prayed in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's a prayer that all of us can pray. It's a powerful prayer waiting to be prayed in our lives. And we've talked a little bit in this sermon series about the untapped potential that there is in prayer. And I want you to imagine with me for a moment what would happen in your life, just your life alone, if the volume of God's voice was turned up and the volume of everything else was turned just a couple notches down. What would that be like in your life? And then imagine multiplied uh, over the course of this room, multiplied over the course of our city and across our country and around the world. If God's voice was turned up a couple notches and everything else came down just a few. In the book of Samuel, chapter one, you may recall the story of Hannah, who had been barren. She hears uh, God hears her prayer. She has a son. And in first Samuel, chapter one, verse 20, it says that in due time, she gave birth to a son, she named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. We're going to be mostly in 1 Samuel chapter 3 today, but I think this is significant, the meaning of his name, because Samuel, the word Samuel in Hebrew means heard of God. Shama is to hear or to listen, and El is the generic word for God. So it's significant to what we're going to talk about today, that God heard Hannah, and she named her son heard of God because she had been heard. But I think there's a greater significance that's there in the original languages. Obviously, many of us don't speak Greek and Hebrew that the Bible was written in, but there is something significant here just in the very name of Samuel that connects not only to Hannah's experience, but to Samuel's that's here. Frequently here at New Life, we do a practice that's called child dedication. And when a child is of age, they can choose to be baptized. They're making a decision 
for the Lord on their own. They're old enough to be able to do that. And they say, you know what? I've come to a place where I've decided not because of simply my parents or because of other factors, but I've made the decision that I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ and I want to go public with my faith in baptism. But child dedication is what happens before that. And you realize there's other churches and other religions that baptize even younger than what we do. But we choose to, to dedicate our children to the Lord. And that's the parents saying, I'm, I'm offering this child to the Lord. I'm committing myself to raise them, to, to know the Lord, and, uh, and to have a relationship with the Lord and through the examples that I'm, I'm setting and all those kinds of things. Well, Hannah dedicated her son to the Lord. And uh, she did a little different than we do. She just dropped him off at the temple with the priest. And let me just tell you today, we love your kids, but why don't you go ahead and take them home with you when you go today? Don't leave them here. Don't leave them behind. We dedicate them to the Lord and we send them home with you. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, we're going to read all 10 of these verses. And it's the, the encounter that Samuel has. This is probably a familiar story to you. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? But I didn't call you, replied Eli. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli. Go back to bed. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he'd never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. Once more, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and again, the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Then the Lord spoke to Samuel. The story is important, one, because there are some big parallels to many situations in our world and in our lives that we face as to what was going on in this story with Samuel and in his world as well. And the first thing we see is that it's very easy to miss God's voice. Samuel missed that God was trying to speak to him. And it's easy for us to miss God's voice when God is speaking to us as well. There's a lot of reasons why it's easy to miss God's voice. We miss God's voice mostly because we're not paying attention to what God is saying. And there's a lot of factors behind that as well. We easily miss God's voice because we've not become accustomed to hearing God's voice. We easily miss God's voice because of the sin in our lives, in our world, distracts us from the voice of God. There's so many other things that are turned up, and oftentimes the voice of God in our lives has been turned down. Many of us have never been taught to listen to the voice of God in our lives. And so it's easy to miss the voice of God. God's voice becomes rare in our lives and in our world, just as it did in Samuel's world Samuel lived in a precarious time when the word of the Lord was rare. This situation continues from the problem that occurred in, in the end of Judges where all the people just did what was right in their own eyes. And as a result of this, everyone's just doing what they think is right and the voice of God is being ignored. And so the voice of God becomes less frequent and it's easier to miss because it's so rare 
in your life and in our lives and in our world? How close is this picture of the world that Samuel lives in to the world that we ourselves live in? Not only is it easy to miss God's voice, but it's possible to worship God and to not know him intimately. That's pretty scary. In 1 Samuel 1, 28 and 3, 1, we see that Samuel has been worshiping in the sanctuary and he's been assisting with priestly duties. Now, he was dedicated to the Lord. He's dropped off at the temple. And so he's kind of learning all these things. But in Samuel, 1 Samuel 3, 7, it tells us that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So he's worshiping in the sanctuary. He's assisting with priestly duties. He's being taught by Eli, but he's, he's not been taught to know the Lord. It's possible to worship God without knowing him intimately. I don't know if it's the case for any of us today, but I'm sure many of us have been in the spot where we've missed the voice of God because it's easy to miss due to all these different factors in our lives. And maybe just maybe we found ourselves in the spot of worshiping a God that we've never taken the time to intimately know in the way that God desires to know us and to have a relationship with us. God's voice is easy to miss, but there's a good thing that we learn in this story is that God will speak to anyone at any time. Samuel's a young boy and he's learning from Eli, who's the priest in the temple. And if you put yourself in Samuel's shoes, it would be easy and you'd probably expect almost for God just to speak to Eli or to the sons of Eli who are next in line to be the priest. So many times we don't expect for God to speak to us. Surely God will just tell Eli what he wants to speak. And Eli will tell Samuel, right? That's what we want in our lives. So many times when we're not qualified, God's not going to speak anything of significance or importance to me. God's going to speak to the priest. God's going to speak to the pastor. God's going to speak to that sister spiritual that's been walking with God for 80 years of her life. And she hears the voice of God. But God's not going to speak to me. Why would God speak to me? Sure, God's going to speak to those priests or pastors or people that have certain assignments. But why would God speak to me? This is another reason that it's easy to miss the voice of God. Because we don't expect God to speak anything significant to us, but God will speak to anyone at any time. Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two says that long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors, through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. There's a reason that God wants us to have a relationship with Jesus, because that's how he wants to speak to us. God wants a relationship with you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to speak into your life. There's important and significant things that God wants you to hear. But we have to be listening. We have to understand that God can speak to anyone at any time. And he wants to speak to each and every single one of us. We don't always expect God to speak to anyone at any time. And sometimes you can hear God speak, but not recognize it as the voice of God in your life. The more that we listen to God's voice, the easier it is to recognize when he's speaking to us. But when God's voice becomes rare in our lives and in our world, it becomes more of a challenge. So it can be a challenge for us to recognize God's voice, but it can also be a challenge to recognize that it is actually us that God is speaking to. Oh, that sermon was really good. God was speaking to someone today. Yes, he was speaking to you. Were you listening? Were you, were you taking any notes? Were you paying attention to what God was speaking to you today? Well, I've read that verse in the scripture. It popped up on the verse of the day. And man, I wish, I wish that I, I could share that with so-and-so because they really need to hear that. Well, God wants you to hear it. Maybe he wants you to share it with them. But first and foremost, he wants to do it in your life. 
This next point seems really simple, but it takes work. And that's that hearing God's voice requires us to listen. It's possible to hear without listening. All the parents said amen. Jesus often ended his sermons by saying, whoever has ears, let them hear. That's kind of an interesting way to say it. Try that with your kids next time, okay? We'll get into the house. All of the kids that have ears, I want you to listen up to what I'm about to say. We're going to go inside. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to take a bath. We're going to go to bed. What did Jesus mean by this? Ears are for hearing, but God doesn't just want you to hear. He wants you to listen. Stephen Covey said this. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand, but instead they listen with the intent to reply. How many times have we been guilty of that? We're listening to some of them. We're already formulating what we want to say. And before they even finish what's coming out of their mouth, we're already telling them what we think that the reply is to what we think that they're going to say. And if we're not careful, we can begin to do that with God's voice as well. Listening requires us to take a second to consider what has been said, not just to hear the words that have been spoken. So Jesus is saying too many people hear, but they don't listen. Whoever has ears, let them really hear and listen to what it is that God's wanting to speak directly into their lives. Samuel heard the words that were being said, but he didn't know how to listen to the voice of God. It wasn't until Eli taught him a powerful prayer that he was able to hear and listen to the voice of God in his life. The prayer was simple and it's powerful. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel had already heard it, but he wasn't listening. There was more that God wanted to share with him. There was more that God wanted to speak into his life, but God was looking for someone who was willing to listen. Godly influences in our lives can help us hear and respond to the voice of God. Eli doesn't just tell Samuel what God has for him. He tells him how to listen to God. We need people in our lives that are going to teach us how to hear God's voice and how to listen for what it is that God wants to speak to us. We need people in our lives who are going to teach us by their example that they not only hear the words of God, but they listen, they apply it to their lives and they obey. We need those people to help us hear God's voice and learn how to hear it more. And the last thing that is often missed in this story is that God speaks the words that need to be heard. God speaks the words that need to be heard. If you continue reading 1 Samuel chapter 3, you'll see the full message that God gave to Samuel regarding Eli and his family and and God's judgment that was coming on people that had not been following God. And sometimes the things that God speaks to us isn't just a happy, feel-good message. God speaks the words that we need to hear, not always the ones that we want to hear. God loves you. God has good things for you. His plans for you are higher than than your plans. His ways are greater than your ways. But also God sometimes wants to speak words of correction into your life. God sometimes wants to speak things that are going to realign you with his plan and his purpose. God sometimes wants to steer you in your life away from the course that you're on so that you can avoid the things that are ahead if you continue on the course that you're in. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6 says this, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one as he, that he accepts as his child. 
God not only encourages us, but he corrects us. He directs us. He instructs us. He calls us home. He convicts us of sin in our lives. And so God, when you hear his voice and you begin to listen to what it is that he wants to speak to you, it's going to be some incredible things. It's going to be incredible relational things and God reminding you of his love for you. But there's also going to be some moments where he's going to speak the words that you maybe don't want to hear, but that need to be heard in your life. The goal is simply not to know just what God says. Knowing what God says is big, but doing what God says is huge. God wants to take you from a place of simply hearing to a place that you can listen and understand that there's more that he wants to share and speak into your life. And he wants to take you to a place of obedience. And even when there's difficult things that he needs to speak into your life, that he knows that you're willing to obey. It's not enough for you just to listen, but to obey what God is speaking to you. When it's easy, obey. When it hurts, obey. When it's a challenge, obey. When it's going to cost you something, obey. I can guarantee you that it costs you more to not obey God than it does to obey God. If we'll simply listen and obey, God is speaking the words that need to be heard. He's looking for people who are willing to listen and obey. There's two primary ways that you're going to hear God speak. And those ways that he's going to speak into your life are through prayer, not just talking to God, not just reciting uh, words that you've memorized, but, but God talking to you and you listening, hearing what he's saying and listening. Prayer is, a, is one of the primary ways that God wants to speak into your life. Are you spending time in prayer? There's powerful prayers that are waiting to be prayed in our lives. And we already talked about sometimes the greatest failure of prayer is simply our failure to pray. We're not praying the prayers. When was the last time that you prayed, God, speak to me because I'm listening? Because the word of the Lord even maybe become rare in your life because you haven't been listening to the word of the Lord. I want to encourage you, if prayer isn't something that's a priority in your life, would you set aside time and begin to pray? Because God's wanting to speak to you. One of the second ways, second most primary way that God's going to speak to you is through his word. If you're not reading God's word, you're already missing his voice. The Bible tells us that faith comes from hearing. Not hearing your favorite YouTube program, not hearing K-Love. Those things are fine. Those things can build your faith. But faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so first and foremost in your life, you need to be hearing the word of God because God's wanting to speak to you through his word. He's wanting to build your faith. He's wanting to encourage you and strengthen you and speak to you through his word. But if we're not in his word, we're missing out already on what it is that God's trying to speak to you. So as a church, we want to emphasize both of these. And we want to, we want to take a, 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 a moment here just over the next few minutes to share some ways that we've been as a, as a church, as a staff, saying how can we increase prayer in our church? How can we increase uh, getting people into the Word of God and Bible engagement in our lives and in our community and in our church? And so there's several things that we already do that encourage people to pray, but we want to really step it up. And there's, there's other things that we, we do for Bible reading. We really want to step those things up. We want to be a church that prays. Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. Speak, Lord, for your church is listening. We're listening for your voice. As Christians, the Bible is our guidebook for living. We connect with God and we grow in our relationship with him by listening to his voice in prayer and his word. It's the relationship, not just the words, 
Not just hearing the words that he says, but it's the relationship that he wants us to grow in that we seek. Relationship with God will change your life forever. There's a recent study of 40,000 people from the age of eight years old to the age of 80 years old. And they made a huge discovery that really wasn't the primary uh, point of this research. But this is an incredible thing that they discovered in this study of 40,000 people. When people are in scripture once a week, there's a little bit of effect. By just getting into scripture once a week, that can be here today. We've gotten in scripture. We've you've heard some scriptures. You've, you've heard it applied to your life. You had the opportunity to apply it to your life. There's a little bit of effect from that twice a week. There's a little bit more of effect, but but not a whole lot, to be honest. Just just twice a week in scripture. There's not a whole lot of effect three times a week. All of a the sudden, there's something that begins to change in a dramatic way of people that will get into God's word at least three times a week. And the fourth time a week. When, when someone engages in scripture four times a week, listening to God's word, applying it to their life, there's something incredible that happens in people's lives. And this is really cool. The feeling of loneliness drops by 40%. This is not a small study of 200 friends. This is not a Facebook poll. This is a deep research of 40,000 people. When you get in God's word four times a week, the feeling of loneliness drops 40, 40%. Anger issues decline by 32%. Bitterness in relationships, relationships like your marriage relationship, relationships with your kids, relationships with coworkers, bitterness in those relationships drops 40%. When you're in God's word at least four times a week, alcoholism drops 57% by getting into God's word at least four times a week. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Pornography use declines incredibly, over 30%. There's incredible, huge things that happen when we choose to get into God's word and to hear his voice. It's because all of a sudden, God is speaking into our lives in, a, in, a, in an increased way. And so all of these other things have to flee because a lot of these things are an attack of the enemy over your life that wants to keep you from the, the life that God wants you to live, the life to the fullest. And so when we're when we're in a place where God's voice becomes rare, it's no wonder that these things increase. But all of a sudden, when we begin to increase and turn up the voice of God in our lives, these other things begin to decrease. So there's some things that we want to make you aware of and some opportunities that we want to encourage you to get involved in. Not everyone can get involved in every one of these areas. But these are some helps. The, the best thing for you in your life would be to set aside some time, whether you're a morning person or an evening person, for you to say, I'm going to, to wake up and I'm going to read a couple verses of, of scripture every single day. I'm going to make that a practice in my life. And we hope that you'll do that. But here's some other things that can come alongside and help you as well to get into God's word, some accountability for the process, to, to begin to pray and all those kinds of things. In just a couple weeks, you're going to begin to hear about a women's Bible study. And also, if you got one of these worship guides when you came in today, you saw on there, women renewal is coming up. Those are two opportunities. Like I said, not everybody can do all of these. Guys, this one's not for us. But ladies, this is some, some awesome things that you can get, up, get into and be a part of. Um, our women's Bible studies coming up, our women's renewal at the end of this month. I'd love for you to, to connect with Melanie and to hear more about that. And you're going to be hearing more about that over the next couple of weeks. If you're a college student here today, there's lots of college ministries and organizations that you can partner with and be a part of. We've heard from Chi Alpha last week, and there's a lot of other uh, things that you can do to connect with them. There's Chi Alpha small groups and all that kind of stuff.
The other thing is that we're bringing back our prayer nights. I know that during summer, our schedules get kind of crazy and we don't spend a lot of time doing that. But we're, we want to really ramp up our, our prayer nights. And so this is going to be an extra opportunity outside of our Sunday morning experience for those that want to gather together and pray, for our prayer team to gather together and pray, and for our elders to gather together and pray. But not just for those select people. We want everybody that wants an opportunity to gather together and begin to pray. Maybe you're here today. You say, I really I need help just learning how to pray. I'd encourage you to come to one of our prayer nights. You're going to hear more information about those prayer nights that are going to be launching on at least a monthly basis through the fall and then the rest of the year. In two weeks from today, September 18th, there's a community night of worship. You can find out all that information on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So I'd encourage you to come to the community night of worship. And it's an opportunity to gather with people from other churches across our community to spend some time in worship and in prayer. And it'll be an incredible thing on September 18th at 6 p.m. Our youth group, if you're a middle school or a high school student, you have middle school or high school students. Tonight they meet here at 6.30 p.m. There's also a youth convention that's coming up. I think today is actually the first day to be able to register for that. It's an incredible thing for students to be able to go away for a weekend, disconnect from their phones, and be able to connect with God and hear his voice. A new thing that we're launching here in just uh, a few days on September the 15th, our kids' ministry is coming back. Those of you that, uh, that have been here for a while, you know we not only have kids' ministry on Sunday morning, but we've done uh, in the past, it's been on a Wednesday night. And then when we moved into this building, because of only having this building on Sundays, we've, we've kind of done it on Sunday afternoons. What that has done is it makes our Sundays really long for our leaders and also for the kids. They're like, I was just at church. I've been going back to church. And so we're going to do something a little bit different. And this is an opportunity for kids to really dig in to God's word. Some of you are familiar with what Junior Bible Quiz is. It's an opportunity for students to, to hide God's word in their hearts. The word says if we hide his word in our heart, we won't sin against him. And so this is an opportunity for kids from a young age. And there's a competitive opportunity with this. And there's a non-competitive opportunity with this. So on September the 15th, we've reserved a spot over at the Laramie Plains Civic Center. It's going to be in the ballroom. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be an opportunity for kids on Thursday nights. Uh, to come and be a part of Junior Bible Quiz. Whether they want to do the competitive and actually quiz against other people or if they just want to come and be a part of some discipleships that's, that's going to encourage kids in their prayer and in their um, getting into God's Word, it's going to be a powerful thing. And so it's going to begin at 6.30 p.m. at the Larry Plain Civic Center um, in the ballroom on Thursday nights. And we would love for your kids to come and be a part of that. It's going to start at 6.30. We're going to have food. And then from 7 to 8 o'clock, they'll have opportunity to participate in Junior Bible Quiz and have a lot of fun doing that. And if they are really good and they're kind of competitive, they want to go uh, one Saturday a month and participate in Junior Bible Quiz across our state, they can also do do that. And it'll be a really cool thing. The final thing that we're going to do is that we're, uh, we're launching our men's um, our men's Bible study. We're doing it a little different. Ryan's going to come and just share with you a little bit um, of what God is, is doing and what he's going to do in our men's groups. You can also find out more information about these iron groups that are going to be meeting. Our, our men's ministry is called Iron Men. If you go on our website, there's a whole page with the reading plan and all that kind of stuff. And so our first gathering of those groups is not this week, but it's going to be next week. But all the information, the reading plan, uh, some of that kind of stuff is on there. This week, we're meeting with leaders and, and setting that up and preparing and so these are just some opportunities, but I want to encourage you, the, the, the act of prayer, the act of Bible reading, it's not something that you need a program to be a part of in order to do. These are things that can help. These are things that can teach you to pray and teach you to get in God's word. There's some accountability and some relationships and some different things that can help through these things that we've been talking about. But I want to encourage you to pray the powerful prayer 
that Eli taught Samuel to pray. And I want to pray that right now over our church. So Lord, we pray that you would speak and that we would be people who would listen. God, I pray that in our daily lives, I pray that in our marriage relationships, in our families, our homes, God, I pray that in this church and the ministries that are a product of this church, that your word would be turned up, your voice would be turned up, and all the other things would be turned down. And Lord, as a result of that, we know that our personal lives are going to improve. The, the voice of the enemy is going to be turned down when your voice is turned up. Lord, I pray for every person here that they would be able to pray this simple prayer. God, speak. Your servant is listening. And Lord, that when you do speak, that we would not only hear the words, but we would listen to them. We'd obey them. We'd put them into practice in our lives. We pray over the men's ministry and the women's ministry and the Bible studies that are coming up, the retreats and, and youth ministry and kids ministry and all these things. We want people to become lifelong followers of Jesus Christ and to learn from an early age to hear your voice just as Samuel did. Or there's no one that's too young to hear your voice and there's no one that's too old that's hard enough that they can no longer hear, that you no longer have a plan for. Lord, you've given us a pulse and as long as we have that, we have a purpose. And so, Lord, I pray that we would listen to your voice. We would prioritize your voice in our lives. And we thank you for that. We love you that you desire a relationship with us and your word tells us if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. It's as simple as that. And I pray that would be the case for every person that's a part of this church. Lord, that we would be filled up with your word and we would take your word to a world that's in need. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.